Hallelujah. Bless y'all. I'm so glad to see you tonight. Amen. We serve a mighty big God. Amen. Uh, you know, he, he's bigger than I let, let on like sometimes. You know what I mean? I, I let the enemy trick me sometimes. Hey, our God is, is, is everywhere. He knows everything. And he has the ability to do all things that I will allow him to do. What, uh, how much more awesome could he be? Amen. If you would, open up your Bibles to Psalms 37 in the Old Testament and James chapter 3 in the New Testament. I like to, to tie the old and the new together. Um, and I, I believe that uh, as we do this tonight, we'll be blessed. Uh, I'll start off by asking a rhetorical question. How many perfect people do we have here tonight? I don't see any hands. I sure ain't no hands going up, up here. Uh, so uh, the, the Lord is wanting to... Uh, uh, instruct us just a little bit. Instruction always brings correction. Amen? And, and so, uh, correction is not a bad thing. The Bible says that, that the Lord Jesus, whom He loveth, He corrects, right? So, when He speaks a word to us, that means that He's fixing to do something in our life because we're, the Bible says where more is given, more is required. And so, you and I need to be in the place and position that we see that God's fixing to, to pour out a deeper anointing in our lives. And as He does that... We're going to have to walk a little closer to Him. We're going to have to walk a little more holy. And um, because uh, God can only do through us what He can get through us. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, little things in our life that would be a hindrance to us, we've got to get rid of it. So uh, uh, let, let's read this and then we'll, we'll talk about some things. Psalms chapter 37, verse number 30. I'm going to read it in the King James and then I'm going to read it in the... N-E-T. James, uh, Psalms 37, verse number 30. Uh, in the King James, it says, The mouth of the righteous, or the speech of the just, the mouth of the righteous, the speech of the just, speaketh wisdom, and his tongue talketh of judgment. Now, in the N-E-T, it says, uh, The godly speak wise words and promote justice, which is wonderful works. The godly speak wise words and promote justice, which is wonderful works. All right, James chapter 3. Let's read verses 2 through 4. James chapter 3, verses 2 through 4. If you're there, say amen. For in many things we offend all. If any man, any woman, boy, or girl, if any of mankind, any human, offend not in word, in speech, the same is a perfect a complete person, and is able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths, and that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships, which, though they be so great, and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Uh, Let's, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for every person that's here. But I thank you for the Holy Spirit that is our teacher, our guide, our instructor. Lord, we humbly submit to you. Uh, and we believe that your word will bring faith, release faith. And you will exalt us in this season to be more like you. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your grace. Let your blessing come on every person. Let them be refreshed and encouraged as they leave here tonight rejoicing in the Word of God working in their lives. We ask this in the name of Jesus, and we all say, Amen, amen and Amen. So tonight, let's, let's, 
Let's make this decree together before we get started. I speak God's Word. And I can do God's work. See, that's why the devil comes against you and I so strong in certain areas in our life to try to get us to change our allegiance. To try to get us to change our words. Because uh, Matthew chapter 12 verse 36 tells you and I that every idle word shall be judged. But the reason why I picked out that word idle, because that word idle means unemployed. See, you and I, we're employed by the Father. That, he, he, that's who we're working for. First uh, Corinthians 3, 9 says that we're co-laborers with Jesus Christ. Amen? So, uh, just like Jesus worked for the Father, you and I, we're working for the Father. And, and, and so, we, our employment means that we do what He says. We say what He says. And so, one, wonderful words that you and I can have out of our life will produce wonderful works. So, but, but we need wisdom in this world where there's so much lies and deception. So wise words will always produce wonderful works. That's what's on my heart. The, the Spirit of God said to me, He said so clearly, He says, some of the, the, the wisest words that you've ever had were never spoken. It sounds like an oxymoron, doesn't it? But some things you and I, we don't need to speak. It's between us and the Father. And, and then when the time comes, you'll know what to say, when to say it. Amen? And so that's what we're going to look at tonight. I think it'll, I think it'll be a blessing to us. Now notice what he said once again uh, in uh, Psalms chapter 37. Now this, this psalm here is a psalm of David. And it's a psalm of how to live your life uh, in, in peace, how to be at rest, uh, how to have the blessings of God. But notice what it said there in the NET once again. It said, The godly speak wise words and they promote justice. They promote wonderful works. See, the work of God is to bring justice in this evil world. To, to, to bring Jesus. Jesus is the one who brings judgment. And judgment is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Because I don't know about you. I want Jesus to look at my life. And I want him to be able to uh, uh, bring the judgment of God, which will bring justice in my life. Because there's some things working in my life that's not what God wants. But if I'm hearing the Word of God, if I'm saying the Word of God, then I have this assurance that God will do what He's promised. Amen? So that's your confidence tonight. That's my confidence. So uh, I, I want us to, you know, Proverbs 4.23 says that, the, the, that God's Word sets boundaries. It says out of God's Word are the issues of life. And from the Hebrew, that means to set boundaries. It it's, sets markers in your life. Well, if God's Word does that in the positive, the devil's does it in the negative. So you and I, we've got to come to, out of limitations by what we've said, and, and we want to come in agreement with the Lord and, and let, uh, let this wisdom flow through us. Amen? All right. So have you thought about the very reality that you can take one word in your life and you can set forth your whole day? One word. One word. Uh, I, you know, and I love how uh, uh, the, the, the Spirit of God, will just, He'll just be loving on you. He'll have His arms around you. you know, he'll just be loving on you. And He'll give you a word in your, 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 your natural mind, your, your, your old man, your carnal mind, or whatever it might be. It, it doesn't understand that at all. But in your spirit, your spirit's jumping up and down because that one word uh, releases a, an understanding of what God wants to do in your life and through your life 
that day, this day. And all of a sudden, you, you realize, I've got purpose today. I've got hope today. I've got confidence where uh, the, 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 uh, the old man, the old nature is going, what? That doesn't mean anything. But you and I, inside of us, down deep inside where the Holy Spirit abides in your spirit, come on, he's there forever. He's in your spirit. He lives there. And, and so he starts telling you, and, and you say, wait a minute, this word, this wise word is going to produce a wonderful work in my life today. And, and, and so you have that hope and that confidence. But then at the same time, here comes the devil and all of his lies because he wants to steal that word from you and I. He wants to give us a counterfeit. And, and, and so, you know, uh, I don't know about you, but it seems like every day before church time, uh, here comes the devil. And, and he tries to take words and tries to twist them and make people misunderstand and, and all of these things. And he tries to get us down uh, in our hopefulness, down in our attitude. But you and I, we're serving a God who has his hand upon us. Amen? Amen. And so we got to rest in that. Now go with me to the book of Jeremiah. And, and I want us to see that you and I, we've been ordained to do some things and that we can know what to say and when to say it because if we are employed by the Lord, and we are, then uh, your boss tells you what to do. He tells you what to do it, when to do it, how to do it. Amen? And so uh, there's a rest in that. Because I don't know about you, uh, uh, I don't know what to do. When I get here, I used to just just be a nervous wreck. And I used to just, uh, I mean, my stomach would be boiling, and I'd be eating Tums, and I'd be all these things. Now I've learned to say, God, hey, whatever you want to do, I'm on board. I, I don't have to understand it. I, I just trust you. I know whatever you're going to do is best for everybody, and I'm just going to go with the flow. Come on, that takes all the pressure out of your life. You and I are not meant to be under pressure. We're meant to rest in Jesus. Amen? But anyway, I want you to look at this, uh, the prophet Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter 1, let's start in verse 4. And I want you to see that you've got this source in your life. And, and we can learn from this Old Testament type and shadow. Jeremiah 1 and 4, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Verse 5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. Now, He's talking to Jeremiah, but you realize he's talking to you and I today. It's the same way with all of us. Just think about this. God said that before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Isn't that an encouragement? Why did God, how does he know us? Because he made you. And he made you just the way you are. I don't know about you, but I understand that there's, that in the fallen nature there's sin. But also in my life and in your life, uh, we have to not let that sin nature uh, cloud what God made. God made you. And so when the devil says, well, you need to change this and you need to change that, you and I, we stand up and say, no, I'm following the Holy Ghost. The Lord will show me what needs to be changed, but I'm going to rest in my skin. I need to be comfortable in who God's made me. I'm talking about in the spiritual skin. And, and I'm going to allow the spiritual to what override? To, to bring into... Um, uh, kind of a mold or a, 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 a parameter of what I'm supposed to be in the natural. See, that, that's, that's when we start seeing these wise words that produce this wonderful work. Now, notice what he said. He said, I sanctified thee. And look, he said, I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now, as we read that, we say, well, now, wait a minute. We know there's, uh, that, that the Old Testament prophet had a different stature and a different office than the New Testament prophet, and we recognize and understand that not everybody is a prophet in the New Testament. That's, that's true. But 
1 Corinthians 14, 31, Paul writing to the church at Corinth, he said that I would that you all prophesy. In other words, so just as the Spirit come on uh, and Jeremiah had the office of a prophet, you and I, we have the ability to prophesy. We're not prophets. Maybe not. You may be. You may not be. That's up to the Holy Ghost. It says the Spirit wills. But, but you and I, as a believer, every believer has the Spirit of God. And we have the opportunity to prophesy. So I need to see that. What does the prophet, what does the prophet do? What, how do you prophesy? You've got to speak, right? All right, so wise words will bring wonderful works. And so if I'm hooked into the Holy Spirit, and I am and you are, then we have the promise that the Spirit of God is going to flow through our spirit. And we're going to say some things, like I said, as we opened up, it's going to cause our mind to go, huh? And all of these things. But we're going to know on the inside of us that it's fixing to produce what God would have. Now look what happens. Verse 6. Then said I, Oh, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. How many times have we said that? When the Spirit of God comes on you, wants you to do something, wants you to say something, and you say, uh, I can't do that. Well, we can't, but the Spirit of God is in you. He's in me, and He's the one that does the work, right? We let Him have free will. Let Him do the work. Rest in Him. Just trust Him. Start with the little thing that He's talking to you about uh, at, at, when you're by yourself. Come on, when, when, when you, he'll, he'll, he'll help you to start walking with Him when you're by yourself. He'll, he'll urge you to do something uh, when nobody else is around. He'll urge you to say something. And your mind is going to say, this is about dumb. Your body's going to say, uh-uh, I'm not going to do that. But inside your spirit, you're going to say, I, I want to do that. And when you do that, all of a sudden, uh, uh, the, 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 God is glorified. And that revelation that he's he's teaching you. Because what I'll never be able to do what he wants me to do in public until I do it in private. Well, that's the way, the, what's the way our God works. And so in, in our private devotion, in our private worship, I admonish you, cut loose. It's just you and God. You can't embarrass yourself because God's proud of you. He wants you to dance before him. He wants you to lift your hands. He wants you to rejoice, shout. He wants you to say everything that the Spirit of God is putting in your heart because when you say it in your quiet time, in your private time, then all of a sudden it'll be loosed out in service where God can be ministered as a good God, as a gracious God, as a glorified God to a people who have never seen him. Amen? Oh, he's wanting to show you some things you've never seen. He's wanting to make you ready, ready to do the impossible. Verse number 7. But the Lord said unto me, say not. Come on, there's some things that we need to repent of tonight in the name of Jesus that we have said that disagrees with God, that disagrees with the Word of God, and God wants to correct us. And that was my prayer all evening. I kept praying, Lord, show us everything that we have disagreed with you about that we can repent of it. And then we can replace it tonight where we can have these wise words that will produce these wonderful works. God told Jeremiah, he said, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt... Come on, that's you! Come on, you... God says, you're my mouthpiece in the earth! Isn't that something? I, you, every blood-bought, blood-washed, Christian can speak for the Lord God Almighty. Yeah. You realize all of creation is looking and they would like to be able to give the message that you and I can give. Angels can't give the message to preach the message of redemption. You and I can. 
Come on. Even when God moved on Balaam's donkey, he opened his mouth and he talked for God. Because why? He had a wonderful opportunity to do, to be in a miraculous moment. Every day of your life is a miraculous moment in Jesus Christ. Amen? Every day of your life you have an ability, an opportunity to do the impossible. And we've got to be in that place, in that position where we let it come out of our lives. Verse number 7. Once again, but the Lord said unto me, Say not, I am a child, for thou shalt, not, thou shalt go into all the land that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Verse 8, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Don't look at the situation. So many times, just, just, just close your natural eyes. Your natural eyes will rob you of your boldness. Go on. Don't even look at that. Close your eyes. And then as you close your natural eyes in the Spirit, you see Jesus on the right hand of the Father. And then you see yourself sitting on the right hand of Jesus. You realize that's the most powerful place in the universe, on the right hand of the Father. And Ephesians 2.6 says that you're seated there with Jesus. Come on, the right hand of God is not too short that it cannot save. The right hand of God can do what needs to be done. And you're sitting on the right hand of the right hand. Come on, Jesus worked the right hand of God in the earth. And now you and I are sitting there with Him. And so we need to be in that place, in that position and say, I'm not going to let the face of somebody that doesn't understand or doesn't care, uh, not interested, I'm not going to let that stop what my God wants because my God loves me with an everlasting love. He has confidence in me. He has confidence in you. And we're going to do it. Amen? Verse 9. Then the Lord put forth His hand, come on, this right hand that's unstoppable, and He touched my mouth. Will you let him? Will you let him? Come on, this is a this is a very intimate thing. Uh, I'm a standoffish person, and and I, I don't like to be touched. Just you know, but then uh, me and Donna always joked about this. One some, one of her family members, first time I met them, the first thing they did was touch me on the mouth, and she said, "Boy, you liked that, didn't you?" <laughs> and but anyway, uh, another story for another time. But this is, a, this is something, just think about the hand of God is holy, pure, and God's willing to touch this mouth, all the things I've said. Come on, I've said some horrible things. But God said, I want to touch your ability to speak. I don't care what you've said, what you've done. I don't care how dirty your mouth's been, how negative it's been. I don't care. I'm going to touch it. And when God touches it, He burns away all of that stuff and He puts His words in my mouth, in your mouth. Amen? Then the Lord stretched forth His hand and He touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. See, you've got to accept it though. I've got to accept it. I've got to believe that. I gotta believe now that I can speak by the unction of the Spirit of God because the devil's gonna say, Oh, that's just you. Nuh uh. That's not me. Because I believe what Scripture says. I trust my God. And my God can make me speak and say, not make, He can empower me to speak and say as I give Him permission things that I don't even know about. I love it. My, my mind is going nuts a lot of times during the thing. I'm going, I don't have a clue, boy, what you're talking about, but I'm just going to keep talking. Because I know it's right in here. Amen? This is the way it's supposed to be. Because how do I change this up here? In here. But I'll never change this up here until I speak it out of here because then I hear it myself. 
I hear my own voice, and that brings faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But I've got to speak. When you read the Bible, read it out loud. Don't just read it. Read it out loud. Let your own ears hear your own voice saying what God's speaking to you. And it's a creative force. Amen. It's a powerful thing. I have put my words in thy mouth. What tense is that? We got it. You've got the word of the Lord in you right now. Amen. You've got to believe that. Verse 10. Now, see, I have this day set set thee over nations and over kingdoms to root out and to pull down, and to destroy, and to throw down, and to build, and to plant. Your words, your words which are supplied by the living God, by the Holy Spirit in your spirit, are going to tear down the kingdom of the devil in your family's life, in your friend's life, in your community's life, on your job, wherever God leads you. You can speak a word that will cause that foundation of sin to shift. And everything that's built on it, it will fall. And then, God don't stop there. Then He gives you a word that will cause them to come off the sand onto the rock and it will build something in their life that's everlasting. Isn't that something? That's amazing, is it not? That God would do that in us and through us. But see, that's the way He has set up the plan way of salvation. The way He has set up building the family of God. And so you and I tonight, we have this assurance. Let's go to the New Testament, the book of Acts. And I want you to see something, what it says about David in the Old Testament. I think it will encourage you so much. Acts chapter 1. We won't take time to read all of this, but I want you just to concentrate on verse 16 for just a second. Acts chapter 1, verse 16. Now this is is Peter talking uh, before the day of Pentecost, but look what he says. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, which the Holy Ghost, now mark this down in your Bible, I'm going to read it just a little bit different, but which the Holy Ghost spake. Now it says, Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake, but the Holy Ghost spake and then go back by the mouth of David. I think it helps us to understand it. Which the Holy Ghost spake by the mouth of David concerning Judas, which was a guide to them that took Jesus. So it's David's mouth, but it's the Holy Ghost words. So all you got to say is, Lord, I give you my mouth. I, I, I give you the ability that you have gave me. I give back to you the ability to speak in the earth, and you're going to supply my words. This is David under the old covenant. Thank God he was anointed to be king. I understand all of that, and, and he was a prophet. Uh, some would disagree with that, but let's go with what Scripture says. And, and so... Uh, uh, With that anointing under the old covenant, he had that ability. Well, how much more shall you and I under the new covenant? We need to see that. And so we need to say, Lord, here's my mouth. I'll open it wide like the psalmist said. You fill it. And whatever you tell me to speak, I'll speak. Amen. And sometimes it's going to seem so crazy. I mean, you're talking to somebody and there'll be a word come to you and you'll say that word. And you think, gosh, this has nothing to do with that person. And all of a sudden, you'll see their pupils expand. You'll see a little tear form in the corner of their eye. You, 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 maybe you'll see a little sweat start on their forehead. Why? The Holy Ghost has touched something in their life that you and I know nothing about and we don't need to know anything about, but He's showing them how much He loves them. And that wise word is going to produce a wonderful work. He's going to uh, introduce Himself to them in a way that they cannot deny. Amen? All right. So... 
when you when you think about these verses of scripture, let's let's go back to the Old Testament. Let's see some things. Let's go to Proverbs chapter seventeen, and, and I want us to see something. I want you to to be in the mindset that you like David, uh, and you like Jeremiah. That that you have this ability, but you've got to be in the place where uh, you know what to say, when to say. Because see, if we're not careful, right now, as you look at the world, as you look at the uh, social media, as you look at our, uh, our our news media, I mean, there is so much yakety yakety yak, and um, there's a lot of talking that's going on that uh, that doesn't benefit anybody. Um, you know, you know. Uh, sometimes, you know, we just say, let's just get together and visit. Well, I was in a conversation the other day where we just together visit and, and uh, there's a mess come out of it. Yeah. This visiting needs to have the Holy Ghost in it because if we're just talking to hear ourselves talk, we're going to have a problem because yeah. the devil can take those words and misconstrue everything that was said uh, I, I, you know, and, 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 and then you, you've got things that you've got to deal with. So we need to be cautious. And let's look what the Word says. Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27. Proverbs, I'm going to read in the King James first. Uh, well, on, on this I'm just going to read in the King James. Proverbs 17, 27. He that hath knowledge spareth his words. Uh, from the Hebrew, it's restrain and refrain. He that hath knowledge. In other words, you've got to know uh, what the situation, what you're dealing with, and you've got to know what God's wanting to do in it. He that hath knowledge spareth, he holds back his words, and a man, a woman, boy, or girl of understanding is of an excellent spirit. Now, what's that really saying? That's really saying that if I'm over here just yakking, I'm not of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is the excellent spirit. He's the only spirit that, that's excellent unless he's working in my life and through my life in my spirit. Then my spirit becomes a part of that. But I, I got to know of what spirit I am. Remember, that's what Jesus asked James and John. We talked about it here uh, last week in, in Luke chapter 9. He said, you don't know what spirit you are. You want to call far down from heaven? You know, so well, we got to recognize that our words, they're going to build or they're going to tear down. And so I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta hold on to that truth. Look at verse twenty-eight. Even a fool, when he holdeth his peace, is counted wise, and he that shutteth his lips is esteemed as a man of understanding. So many times I've been in conversations with the people, and I didn't know what to say, and I just kept my mouth shut. Because if I'd opened my mouth, I would have showed everything that was in my heart, and I would have looked very foolish. Because a lot of times we hear things, and what we hear is not the word that was spoken, but it was what the devil would try to get us to hear. And then we speak something, then all of a sudden, I'm in a mess. Come on, I've lived in a mess a lot, so I know what I'm talking about. I want to stop that, don't you? I don't want to talk just to be hearing myself talk. When the devil comes on me and I'm under oppression... I just and I'm making this confession because I want to be healed from it. Amen. I want to be delivered from it. I have a tendency just to. And Donna has this thing. She'll look at me. She'll tap me on the shoulder. She said, "Are you just talking to hear yourself talk?" She knows that'll make me so mad. Then I'll puff up and I'll shut up, which is my good. I need to shut up. Amen. Come on, we need people to to, to wake us up. You know, when we're when we're in a place in a position, if we're not listening to the Lord, the Lord will use somebody else. 
And, and so thank God that we've got people in our life. But I need to learn how to, to refrain, to hold back. I can't do it. Because the Bible said, no, if we kept re- reading in the epistle of James, no man, no woman, no boy or girl can tame their tongue. But God can. God can. So when I give him my tongue, when I say, Lord, I give you permission to be the Lord of my tongue, the Lord of my speech, once again, then I rest in Jesus. It takes all the pressure off me. Amen? All right, we're in Proverbs 17. Turn to Proverbs 10. Let's read verse 19. Proverbs 10, 19. In the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. See, the more you and I talk, if we're not talking out of the source of the Holy Spirit, then there's only one other source. Proverbs ten nineteen. In the multitude of words, there are one if not sin, there lack not sin. But he or she that refraineth their lips is wise. That refraineth, that's the same word as spareth his words. It means to, to, to uh, refrain, to restrain. See, you and I, we can do it whether we think we can or not with God's help. Because it's God is the one that... It, 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 it's like when you're in school, you know, and you know nobody wanted to, maybe they might not want to pick you on their team, you know. But when when you got the team together, if the team worked together, well, if I let the Holy Spirit work with me and I'll work with Him, guess what? We're going to win every time. Amen. You can't lose. Yeah. Amen? So what we've got to do is we've got to recognize and realize I want every word to be employed by the Lord. I want it to be a wise word that will produce a wonderful, wonderful work. Amen? It's available for us. All right, let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Uh, let's read a verse, I think, that will go right with this. I know this is, a, a, you know, it's, it's, it's in your face, but this is what the Lord is wanting to do uh, for us, to help us and to change some things in our life. I'm going to read this. Uh, Ecclesiastes 5, 2, I'm going to read it in the Message Bible. I'll read it in the King James first, but... It says, um, Be not rash with thy mouth, and let not thy heart be hasty to utter anything before God, for God is in heaven, and thou upon earth, therefore let thy words be few. Now, the Message Bible, I love this. It, it gets it very modern. It says, Don't shoot off your mouth. I think we can relate to that, can't we? Don't shoot off your mouth or speak before you think. Uh-oh. Don't be too quick. To tell God what you think He wants to hear. God's in charge, not you. The less you speak, the better. But see, that's not the way that the world teaches us. The world is, I keep telling you how I feel, what I think, until you believe me. That's not going to happen. I'm going to get away from you. Amen. You're going to get away from me. If I, if, I, if I keep saying the same thing to you that's not inspired by the Spirit of God, we're going to find a way to, to where you can avoid me or I can avoid you, right? And so we've got to see that, that God doesn't want us to be in that place where we dread to see somebody. He wants us to be in the place where there's a unity there in the Spirit. There's a drawing in the Spirit. Whether uh, I, I understand what's going on fully or not, I trust the one who's orchestrating it. Amen? God's in charge when I let Him be. I'm going to let Him be, aren't you? All right. Uh, let's look at Proverbs 25. The Word of God can do what... We'll allow it to do. Amen. Proverbs 25, verse number 11. 
I'll read it in the King James first, and then we'll read it in the CEV. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Boy, now think about that. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pitchers of silver. Now in the CEV it says, The right word at the right time is like precious gold set in silver. So think about it. Your words, my words, they are to be have the value of gold. And to have the, the, the value of, of the how pure. You know, the streets of heaven is going to be translucent because the gold is going to be so pure that you can see through it. Your words, my words, not going to have any self in them. They can see through the words and they can see the Lord Jesus Christ, the light of the world. They can see the love of God. They can see something that will loose them out of their situation. Come on, I don't want them to see me in the words. I want them to feel the love of God. I want it to be a word that will frame their world and it will cause them to come up out of every limitation. It will cause them to be healed from every hurt. It will cause them to come into a place from despair to full of hope. Amen? That's what we have opportunity opportunity to do but we've got to expect it we got to believe it come on translucent your words they can be so clear that they cannot be misunderstood they cannot be twisted by the devil and that's what we do we start every day lord i decree this day by the power of the holy ghost i'll speak when you give me unction and when i speak your word it'll be so clear that they'll see the glory of god they'll see the plan of salvation and they'll come from the very lost deepest dark work of the devil and they'll come into your plan in jesus name amen we decree it every day we say what god would have us to say and as we say these things it empowers us it emboldens us it puts us in the right place at the right time to do the will of God. Can you beat that? Oh, hallelujah. All right. Go to Psalms chapter 60. Let's see the psalmist David put this into practice. Psalm 61. Psalm 61, pardon me. He says in verse number 1, Psalm 61, 1, Hear my cry, O God, attend unto my prayer. So David, he's, he's talking to God. He's got speech going on here. And he's in a situation where he's having to, to flee from the enemy, and, and he's fleeing to God. Verse 2. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee. Right now, if, if, you, if there's situations where it seems like that you're at the end of your rope, that you're the end of the world. In other words, the, things have got just as bad as they can get, and they're not going to get any better. That's what David is saying here. That's what he feels like. But he said, instead of talking about that, I'm going to start talking to God. See, that's what we've got to do. We've got to point people away from their problem. We've got to point them... To, uh, to, to the promise. We've got to point them away from the struggle and point them to the Savior. Yes. Come on. We, we can do that. We, 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 we cause them to, to get out of the world and into the work that Christ finished on the cross. Come on, this is what He has for us. And, and so this is what the psalmist David is saying. He's saying here, he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be at the end of the earth in one situation, but I'm going to cry. I'm going to talk to you. Now look what he says. When my heart is overwhelmed... How many times do you talk to people and they just look at you and they say, I don't know what I'm going to do. We're going to see more of that this year. That's why the church is getting ready. That's why God is working in your life and my life where we'll be able to have an answer. 1 Peter 3.15, the command is that you and I, every person that we have an answer for those, to those people who don't know what our hope is. They don't understand why you have hope in Jesus. Well, you're going to have the words. 
the wise words that will bring a wonderful work that will bring them out of being lost to being saved. Amen? All right, so here David is. He's in this situation. But he said, I'm going to make sure I talk to God. I've talked about the problem, and I've realized that. But now I'm going to cry unto God. And he said, when my heart is overwhelmed, he said, lead me to the rock that is higher than I am. This word lead, it means to reposition. It means to translate. In other words, David is saying that right now I'm overwhelmed. And the word from the Hebrew actually means David is saying, I want you to take me to a place in heaven, in the Spirit, where I can see that I am just a pilgrim passing through. This is not my home. This is not forever. Come on, what you're dealing with right now, the people you're going to be ministering with, it's not forever, amen? It's just for a moment of time. We are ambassadors of God. We are pilgrims passing through. Our citizenship is in heaven. In other words, you and I, we have authority from heaven to what? To live, to operate on earth. The earth doesn't control you. Come on, you're in the will of the Father. Wise words will produce wonderful works. So if I agree with the devil, if I say, oh, well, I never get ahead. I always fall in this area. I, I, I always come up short. No, in the name of Jesus, we're making new start. Amen? A fresh start in a new year. No, I always have what I need when I need it in the name of Jesus for the glory of God. I'm always in the right place at the right step. My steps are ordered by the Lord. My words are numbered and they're sourced out by the Holy Ghost. Amen? I, I have a sword in my hand, but I recognize more importantly, I've got a sword in my mouth. And I'm going to say what needs to be said. All of these things, we start saying these, these wise words and they start producing a wonderful work in our own life that impacts others. Okay, verse 3. For thou hast been a shelter for me. This is what we've got to do. We've got to tell the devil. We've got to remind ourselves, God has never let me fall. Since I got born again, since you got born again, He has never failed us. He's our shelter. So let's think about it. Can, 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 is, is the shelter of God going to fail you because God's going to fail? God can't fail. So when you make God your shelter, it doesn't matter what, what, the, what the doctor says. It doesn't matter what the banker says. It doesn't matter what mom and daddy, what the spouse, what, who, what, it doesn't matter who says what. God's my shelter. I'm not going down, I'm going up, amen? You're not going down, you're going up. And, I, and we, we start saying this, and this starts producing a work in our own life, or then we can produce a work in somebody else's life. For thou hast been my shelter for me, and a strong tower from my... The devil wants you to believe that you're, go, you're going to have to struggle all your life, and you may win, you may not win. No! We don't judge it according to how the world judges it. We don't judge it according to what the flesh is telling us. You're always a winner. You are a super Nicano. You are a victorious person in Christ Jesus because Christ doesn't know defeat. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't talk about it. All He talks is victory. And that's what you and I are going to do. Amen? Verse number 4. I will abide in thy tabernacle forever. Now, how do you stay Remember we said Ephesians 2 tells us that we're seated in heavenly places. I can get up and leave that seat. But no, I've got to what? I've got to say what the Bible says and keep my seat. I'm going to abide there. I'm not going to let what I'm feeling. I'm not going to let what I'm seeing. I'm not going to let what I'm hearing 
cause me to get up out of my seat. I'm not going to fight for myself. The Bible says you and I fight the good fight of faith. We don't fight for ourselves. The Lord, He is the one that's going to fight the battle. He's fighting. He's defending you and I. Amen? So we trust in Him. We keep our seat, but we keep our mouth. And we speak when God would give us unction. Amen? I will abide in that tabernacle forever. I will trust, I will trust in the covert of thy wings, Selah. You and I, we just need to read these first four verses and just, every time we need it, just stop and just meditate on it. Let it be music to our ears. Let it be food to our soul. Let it be strength to our spirit. Amen? Let it be more real than anything else. Come on. We're talking about changing some things. Amen? Okay. We'll quit, we'll quit, we'll quit. I got so much that... I, it's hard to find a stopping point. You know, it, it, God, He just... He, he fills you up and you feel like a balloon. And if you get a chance, you just... Whew, okay. So, you and I, we've got to learn to say what God would have us to say. We, we've got to learn to walk in that place uh, of speech. See, if I'm saying what God says, His, His words will make a way for me. His words will make a way for you. And, and so, you, 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 right now, there's some of you here, you're believing like I am for, for family, friends, for certain situations in our community. And so, we need to learn to say what God says about it and start making a way. Yeah. See, the, the, the Word of God will go before. How, how, what happened? Moses lifted up the staff, right? He lifted up over uh, the, the, the Red Sea. And when he lifted up that staff, that was a, a type of the Word of God, the power of God. And... and it made a way. It made a way. Same way with, with Joshua at the River Jordan. The Word of God is going to make a way. So if I'm saying something other than the Word of God, things are getting narrower and narrower. That's what that's where Jesus said that persecution and tribulation was going to increase in the last days. That's what the word tribulation means in the Greek. It means to keep pressing tighter and tighter and tighter. But you and I keep speaking the Word of God. Yes, sir. That's ours. Okay. We'll close with this thought. This, this is the power of words. I want you to see how it can bring life not only to you, but to all of those around you. I want you to go with me to March 2nd, year 2000, to Mozambique. Um, in the month of February that year, they had had more rain than they had ever than they had in 50 years. And so there was uh, this torrential flooding that was taking place to where whole cities... Uh, were just disappearing. And so, uh, as the water was making it way, its way down uh, to this one one city, uh, this Pastor Samuel Naftala, uh, and keep in mind, Samuel means hearing. He uh, went and he, he started hollering to the people and said, well, quickly, we've got to get to the to the, the roof. But God says the roof won't do it. So we climb to the roof and then I want you to climb with me up into these trees. They had this... Uh, great uh, area of these huge trees just beside the houses uh, in, in this particular area. And so that's what they did. So he led them. Uh, they, there were 100,000 people that needed to be evacuated in this whole uh, uh, country, but there were 7,000 in this particular area. And, and so they, they, uh, they 
the message was, find you a way to get in the trees and whatever it is. And so that's what they did. They climbed up in these trees and, and here come the water. And as the water come down through there, you know, they're seeing dead bodies of, of humans, of animals. They're, they're, they're seeing homes and all the contents of the homes just literally destroyed, washing by them. And uh, one hour turned into ten hours. Ten hours turned into... 24 hours and, and and so they're so tired and they start going to sleep and when they go to sleep so uh the lord told samuel remember samuel means hearing so he heard the lord he said preach preach give the people hope so what he started to do he started preaching the word of god you know thou shalt live and don't look at what you're seeing. Don't look at death. You know, hear the word of God. And so he started preaching to them. And as he preached to them, nobody else, come on, nobody else fell out of the tree that was in the sound of his voice. They stayed awake. But see, the word of God, that's what it does. It wakes you up. It wakes me up. Amen. And so they stayed awake. And so when it was all over uh, and they were had come to a place where they were having a worship service uh, out in the open, and, and he was testifying, he was thanking God. He said, I want to thank God. For mosquitoes. And he said, what? What do you mean? He said, I'm going to thank God for mosquitoes because the people, uh, they were dying. And God said, preach. And I preached and preached till I was so tired and so sleepy I couldn't stay awake. And when I started going to sleep, here come the mosquitoes. The mosquitoes kept him awake and he was able to preach. He was able to give them hope. He gave them words and they stayed awake. Amen? So you've got words. Why am I saying that? Because we've got a whole generation that's asleep. The Bible says that the, the, the thief is coming. He's coming in the night. And he's coming to a group of people that are of the night. And they're asleep. But you and I, we're children of the day. We're awake. And we need to be doing what? We need to be speaking wise words and bringing wonderful works that will pull people out of sin and put them where they'd have them to be. In Jesus' name, right? And by the Father's, say I'm about the Father's business. You are. You are ordained for a time such as this because God don't make no mistakes. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your goodness and your grace, your mercy and your love. Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, we just submit to you. We ask that you would touch us and draw us in every way. We thank you for your presence. Lord, let every person here, starting with me, let us hear what you're saying. Let us yield to that and let us have confidence and boldness to speak it out of our own life. Let every person here be encouraged and strengthened, but let them see their value in this last day ministry for your glory. And anything that would be a hindrance from them developing this in their private worship and devotion, in my private worship and devotion, let us overcome it tonight and let us abide in that place of shelter. In Jesus' name.